Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Denalysis Fantasy Football Podcast. FPL is back, all right. We uh, we've we've had a a pretty interesting week here. I mean, from my perspective, I feel like Bruno has has shamed the thousands of years of progress we've made as a civilization with his his on pitch efforts this week and many others. But hey, we move, and this is this is just how FPL rolls, you know. One week it's great, the next week, uh, people like Tyrone Mings are scoring fifteen points, and your mum is making fun of you because she's beating you in the head-to-head league. Anyway, enough about that. That was just a random occurrence that might have happened to someone somewhere in the world. Certainly not me. Um, I'm your host Dan, and as always, I'm joined by Natalie. Hello, Natalie. Hi. How are you doing today, this lovely Sunday evening? I'm very tired. <laughs> I've been thinking for the last three hours. Like I've said to so many people this week, oh yeah, listen to this really great. I've, oh, you know what? I know a really great fantasy football podcast you could be listening to. Um, and like, twice I was asked, right, so you, do you actually like speak on it? Like, are you actually on it? I was like, yeah, 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 I'm on it. <laughs> Wait, what what do they think a podcast is? <laughs> no, it was like I I couldn't possibly be doing the analysis. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't. Uh Dan does the analysis. I do nonsense. You hot just takes. Bring vibes. Yeah. <laughs> vibes and hot takes. I think sometimes that's what you need, you know. I can talk for about three hours about like some stupid player who plays I don't know, for club brugger or something and then you'll just drop in and be like yeah so you shouldn't get uh i, I don't know who who do you always say that you shouldn't get someone shit uh, richarlison uh i said the opposite last week well, man united players i guess yeah, <laughs> would, and now would I've be got two. yeah oh no it. i never know no, but yeah the last time i had luke shaw we broke a leg did you tell him that like before the game did you say go, go on luke break a leg and then he, he actually <laughs> took you up on no, it no i didn't oh, oh okay no. um yeah so it was <laughs> it was a pretty disastrous uh situation i mean we did talk about this last week on the podcast didn't we with uh man united because i imagine there are going to be many people like myself who are very smug after the salah i don't know if you call three points from a midfielder a blank but when it's mo salah mm. i think you're probably considering that yeah. a blank but like not being funny but we did tell everyone not to captain anybody in the early kickoff. So yeah. if you listened to the last episode and you still went ahead and did it, that's on you. Unless, of course, you captain Trent Alexander-Arnold or Kostas Shimakas. I mean, I, you know, this is, you know, this is not going to give you any, any analysis here, but, like, I do find that an ongoing sort of annoying thing about FPL. You know, you have like social etiquette, like you just, you shouldn't humble brag, for example. I kind of feel like there's a lot of that in FPL where like, oh, like I thought about Captain in this guy. And it's like, well, yeah, I literally every week look (laughs) at every single member of my team and think about, should I captain that one? And often I do think like, oh yeah, I should captain Trent. But then I think, no, that's fucking stupid because if they concede a goal, and yeah. they end up losing 1-0 or they draw 1-1 like it's just one of those things where you often if you want to be successful in FPL like it, it just makes a lot of sense to go for the the easy sort of like high probability players right and yeah. that is why you usually go for Salah because I think maybe in a double game week you might look at Trent and think oh you know two easy fixtures clean sheets are likely and you know mm-hmm. he's on set pieces 
because he is, you know, he as an example is like a real playmaker for Liverpool. But I, I think this early in the season, you know, when you're doing that, you're gambling against like the herd of people that are all going to go for Salah or Bruno. Yeah. And it's, it's so risky. Maybe three seasons ago, I remember captaining Mendy in the second week and they conceded, but he did get an assist. And I was like, you know what? I enjoyed that spice for one week. Yeah. I won't be doing it again. So we have Salah, we have Fernandez, very high priced legends. And I think most people, you know, you're looking at this, you're like, oh my God, it's, it's game week two. And they've, <laughs> I, I guess you could look at it this way, right? Their averages are pretty good. You know, even with this week, uh, they're still right up there at the top of the scoring charts. And we did talk about this on the podcast last week, how Southampton could be, you know, they had a, a bad start to the season, losing to Everton um after going ahead and we did kind of talk about how the way that man united played against leeds they were so i mean the game was very open there are lots of spaces uh lots of bad defending lots of like united breaking the press and yeah southampton it was always going to be the obvious thing like be defensively solid against this team because otherwise they'll rip you apart admittedly i went for fernandez captain because you know, between the two of them, Salah and Fernandez, I was like, well, you know, I still back him to, I back them to win this game. I back him to probably get, you know, at least an assist or like a, a one goal or a penalty or something. Um, but they, Southampton, I mean, they were really, really impressive and they put in a really solid performance. They didn't give Man United any time on the ball and United, Fernandez in particular, looked absolutely dreadful. I, I mean, he got a yellow card early on for complaining. He got tackled. And it was a physical game. And I don't know, mate, I can't even remember the incident that clearly, but like, I felt like it was one of those that they're letting go this season. They're trying to, trying to leave a bit of physicality in the game. And he just seemed to be pissed off about it. And that was him the rest of the game, just being pissed off and not doing anything. Yeah, it um, was proper money, eh? Yeah, and I, I think Salah was a bit unlucky on the contrary, right? Like, he did score. It was very marginally offside, but it was one of those I looked at the line and I was like, I- I'm okay with that being given. Like, you know, that's what you have VAR in for. It's it's tight, but it is clearly offside and kind of no problem with it. And he, he did play okay, but like, I-, I guess like my take on this, right, is uh, if we're answering the question, are they essential? I still think it's way too early to, to really have a-, a strong opinion on that, but this week did maybe present some some interesting alternatives. How, how are you feeling about it? I think you only have Salah, right? You don't have Fernandez. Correct. So I was very smug when uh, my captain <laughs> Greenwood did did oh, a goal. Oh, you did! I said that earlier when the goal happened. I was like, oh, I'm sure Natalie has has him captain, and I was like, you goddamn genius! Yeah. How, how have you done it? <laughs> well, I don't know. I just <laughs> you just you just picked it just went with my heart yeah just picked it i thought well if everyone else is having fernandez i guess i'll have to have greenwood uh so did so yeah i don't know i i do agree that i think it's too early to make conclusions i think generally about anything it seems too early to make conclusions um apart from the one conclusion i have come to which is target of aston villa (laughs) fame needs to go Uh, i I don't know why i fell into that template trap that everyone was was putting him in that what a joke let's move on was that a thing like was he a really popular pick? yeah yeah did I he not start this weekend then no he didn't play at all 
after being hooked at half time last week like what's the point because I did you know my pre-season team had Ashley Young in it and I got rid of him because he was one of my like oh this guy's a risk like he I, I mean I always thought like he would he played really well for Inter I thought he would be sort of a starter for for Villa but then I kind of saw how everyone else was talking about it and I was like oh do I want to do I want to take this gamble but I, I'm guessing it was him that was in, in place then and He's looking like a decent pick at 5.0 potentially for Villa. Um, but yeah, carry on. Sorry, I was just <laughs> just bringing it back to me there. <laughs> um, oh, it's all luck, isn't it? That's the thing about this stupid game, is that it's all <laughs> just luck. And I think you can get lucky with the rest of with how the rest of your team is set up and not have to have Salah and or Fernandez. Yeah, on a certainly if you're going to break it down on like a week by week basis, right? You're going to have weeks where this kind of thing happens, where Salah and Fernandez do not score mm. and they do not do anything, and all of a sudden, like if you're one of the the people who've gone against the herd in that sense, like you're probably going to do well as long as the players you picked actually did well. Yeah. Um. But I guess you know the situation you have there is you're able to invest more money across like more you know a guy like Vardy who for example hasn't played yet will probably will have played by the time this podcast comes out. Um, you can kind of yeah put on other players that that people who have these two can't afford, and it's really got to be a thing that we start to see over the course of the season. Like I think Man United are a really interesting example for this because I thought Salah for example looked fine. He scored a goal with a really good finish. He was taking plenty of shots. There's one opportunity for Harvey Elliott to put him clean through on goal. And, you know, Harvey Elliott, he's he's 18 years old. He's a young guy going into the team. I think it was a surprise that he was in the team at all. And Liverpool are sort of uh, in a situation at the moment where they're kind of mixing and matching with their midfield. Um, you know what? Sorry. Um, as soon as Oxide chamberlain was out for personal reasons, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, Perry's given birth. She has. She's given birth. Yeah. She must. This must be why. And then this morning, there it was, the baby. And I was like, oh, I told it. I told you. I told everyone. Yeah. I, I knew exactly what you were going to say when you started, yeah, <laughs> started I just going knew. into that. I knew. I knew it was ready to pop. <laughs> and out it did. It, it's nice that those are the personal reasons and mm. it's not like... So Liverpool are an interesting one because they, you know, they've looked good in both games this season. They've had, you know, pretty, pretty kind fixtures. If you're Liverpool to to start your season with two wins out of two was a three nil and a two nil. Um, and yeah, they just generally look like, you know, they look comfortable with it. Man United, on the other hand, I think a lot of people were looking at them, uh, particularly pundits, not just like social media people, but looking at them and starting to talk about them being title challengers this year. Mm. And it happens every fucking season. <laughs> Why do they do this? Why do people start after game week one? They a team scores five goals and they're like, oh, oh, could be title chat. <laughs> you know, I don't think they're actually. I don't think they're just playing for top four this season. I think you know with Sancho, they're go like, yeah, I know United want to be there, but like they really struggled today against Southampton, and Southampton looked far and away the better team over the course of the match. I think. I think even the goal that United got was a little bit lucky. You could say yeah, the same thing about Southampton's. But look at the team who's, uh, who's applying the pressure late on. It was all Southampton. They were the ones winning all the corners. I know this because I keep putting corner bets on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Southampton were certainly killing it in those stats late on. But 
I mean, you have to look at these games and think if United are struggling against the likes of Southampton, there are going to be other teams that, that take, uh, take note of how South, uh, Southampton played. And yeah, if United are missing Cavani and they're playing Martial up front, if Sancho takes a long time to adjust. Uh, I, I mean, what are your thoughts on Sancho? Did you see any of him playing today? Because No, that, that him coming on was the point where I uh, napped. So Yeah, uh, you were like, oh, nothing's going to happen now because <laughs> that, that loser's on the pitch. Uh, that wasn't my thought process, but it just so happened that, yeah, that's what went on. That that's what transpired. Yeah, I mean, he just doesn't. Uh, you know, I, I I don't want to kind of go really hard on Sancho because he is playing in a new league. Mm. Um, you know, the same way, you know, you could throw the criticism at Nicola Pepe, how long it's taken him to adjust, and he's still. In many games, he's just like he'll have one moment and then he's just not involved. But like Sancho came on and it was like, oh, okay, United are going to start pushing now. I don't think he really did anything in the game. Like there was one moment of danger where he kind of got the ball in the box, did a little, took a little touch, a little shimmy to the side. And it was like, oh, okay, he's, he's done it. He's got the defender on toast. He's going to make a good decision here. And rather than winning a corner, because again, I had a corner bet on this one and I was really pissed off by it. I missed it by one corner. Um, Instead of like winning the corner by bouncing it off the defender or picking out a good cross that actually goes to someone, he kicked it like against the body of the player. So it like looped up into the air for an easy catch for the keeper. And I was like, man, that's like, that's the stuff that these guys have paid big money to bring you in to do. And, and it just wasn't working. Like most of his touches were sort of receiving the ball with someone on his back and passing it back into midfield. And Matic was really poor today. Actually just kept losing the ball for them. And, and that was ultimately, ultimately it. Like Southampton just put them under pressure when they had the ball and players like Fernandez just couldn't get in the game um same with Sancho and same with pretty much everyone in that team it's really probably Greenwood who looked like the most sort of positive on the day and you being a time time lord genius just decided to captain him so well done you I guess thanks that's what they call me the yeah time lord genius time lord genius yeah, yeah. I, I knew because someone told me who, <laughs> who had heard about your time lord exploits um but yeah like all in all, you know, I wouldn't be sort of desperate to get him out of the team, but this is FPL, isn't it? It's game week two, and already yeah. we've had, like, a 30-point score and then a one-point score. Like, how how can you, you go from almost the highest possible return to the lowest, <laughs> apart from, of course, Luca Dean, who, <laughs> oh. who uh, delivered an excellent zero points for me this week, which is, you know, that's always nice. But I, I fall for that every year. It's fine. You know, it happens. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess kind of the question mark is is raised now and especially when we had such a such a hot streak from our strikers this week mm. with i mean i'm gonna move this again but i'm gonna say lukaku yeah very good performance against arsenal with with some caveats but 11.5 i mean if you are looking at if you are looking at an, a little early wild card maybe maybe your team is disastrous so far or maybe you're just thinking oh boy i need that bad man because he played so good you start us off now. What what are your feelings on on Lukaku and Lukaku for this week or after the international break, sort of specifically? How would you approach this? Because I think you want him, right? You're yeah, I do, but it's not on my to do list for this week. Hmm. I think I don't really care 
for the Liverpool fixture, like I could see that being like a nil-nil with like where both teams just don't want to lose after mm. the break. I don't know. Like I feel like the general FPL Twitter consensus is like get him in for game week seven if you're not getting him in yeah. for that. I don't like that because I don't like doing weird things before an international break. So I'd probably wait <laughs> until game week eight. But then that is a long time to wait. What if he does things? It feels like there's an opportunity here, right? Like, I mean, I'm looking yeah. at the next few fixtures. So just for, for those who don't have it in front of them, yeah. it's Liverpool next away from home. I can understand like that. That's a perfect opportunity, right? To watch how he does against yeah. a, a really good team. Yeah. And especially with Van Dijk back in, in the team. I mean, you maybe Van Dijk isn't like totally 100%, but he's pretty much looked imperious so far. And he's very good in the air. So like, that's going to be a big test for Lukaku. But if you look after that, it's Villa, Spurs, City and Southampton. I mean, I know that Spurs and City will come up on the old, like, fixture difficulty as yeah. tough teams. How, how tough are they for a player of Lukaku's quality, really? Mm, yeah, I think probably City more than Spurs. Who knows what, where Harry Kane could be? By the time that fixture rolls around. I, I love the like completely fake enthusiasm you had for that. Like, I'm assuming that's fake enthusiasm. I don't know. I'm a little bit intrigued. Like, no, it is. It's fake enthusiasm. But like, also like, I'm here for the drama. Let's yeah. go. Let's... You want that sweet, that sweet, sweet pantomime. Yeah. Oh, because he could, e he could be at either team. I see. I didn't actually process that. I was just vibing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I d think, I guess if he plays well against Liverpool, there's absolutely no reason not to get Lukaku in after that game, like before the Villa game. Yeah, it's, like, it's a proper like wildcard move, isn't it? If you, haven't, if you haven't set up your team in such a way that you can make that transfer, mm. or, or like if you're, you know, this is a reason why it's good to bank your transfers, right? It, be able to do potentially two transfers yeah. next week um in order to do that but I, I don't know i'm i'm curious because i mean this is where the uh, essential salah fernandez question comes in because if you're having two of them and lukaku yeah jesus christ you're spending a lot of money That's on it. three players i think the game will become a lot more interesting once uh people have started getting lukaku in and once kane is settled wherever he lives yeah because then you can only have a few of them exactly yeah. and teams will just will not all be the same because I, I do think lukaku to me just screams like opportunity to get in get in on the ground floor for a player that is probably going to be I, i'm a big fan of lukaku you know i i'm not a chelsea fan i hate chelsea but and, and i don't even like i really like tuchel as a manager but I don't think he's a particularly attacking manager. I mean, even if you look at the game today against Arsenal, what did they do when they went 2-0 up? They pretty much just played the ball around for the second half. And I mean, they, he they held Ar Arsenal at arm's length. There wasn't much threat coming from Arsenal, and I think they knew that. And it wasn't until Aubameyang came on we started to see a little bit, but it's still, Arsenal still looks so timid. And Azpilicueta had a really good game. They really, really controlled it effectively. Um... But that's where I kind of would have a small amount of concern over Chelsea is that I think that Tuchel is such a tactical manager 
that he prefers to control games than to like hit a team for like six or seven, you know? I doubt we're going to see many games where Chelsea is scoring more than three. Right. uh, Unless they have to. And I guess the question mark becomes like, how much does Lukaku's desire for goals override that side of things? Because there were opportunities today, you know, like (laughs) I heard Roy Keane saying on Sky Sports that Chelsea could have hit him for six or seven. And I was like, wait a minute. Did you see how they played in the second half? Like they weren't trying to create chances. Mm. It wasn't, it wasn't that game at all. And I, I feel like sometimes pundits like go really over the top, trying to like make something into this big statement. And it's like, well, actually no, Chelsea just kind of chilled in the second half because they're like, you know, we got games coming. Like yeah. let, let's just conserve some energy and pass the ball around a bit. And, mm. you know, if they score, maybe we'll, we'll up the tempo a bit. But you could quite clearly see that Lukaku wanted that goal and the rest of the team were sort of like, they get near the box and they're like, "Mm, no, we'll pass it backwards here rather than try to score again. And that would kind of be the thing where I'd look at him and I'd think that Chelsea may look to have games wrapped up sort of early on and and control them. Whereas I think Liverpool and, and United, there is a certain element of chaos about both of those teams. I know, you know, Klopp is the kind of guy who... He he talks about heavy metal football and stuff. And, and Salah is such a freaking... He's so obsessed with scoring. I mean, even when he... It, most of his assists come from when he's trying to control the ball and, and score himself and stuff. So I do think there's maybe like a little bit of a, a question mark over that side of things. But, you know, there, there's this opportunity now and I could easily see him bagging, you know, two goals against Liverpool... It's just a question mark of how much, you know, if you're getting rid of Fernandez when they have such a nice run of fixtures that they're playing at the moment, you kind of just have to pick a team to back, don't you? And, and be like, OK, the, this is a team that's going to really smash it. And I do have question marks about United. I mean, seeing them today, they didn't have an answer. They didn't have an answer for a team that like knew how to defend. And that is something that so many teams struggle with. But... My last little bit of tactical analysis on this, just because I have to get out because I keep thinking about it. Sure. Uh, um, I, I didn't understand like why Martial was playing up front, and we can talk about him being bald as well because that's. Uh, it you know... was just Ashley Young. It was very confusing to me. <laughs> I was like, "What? Ash- why is Ashley Young here?" <laughs> he does the yeah from a distance. It's so it was confusing. The same man. Um, but, but like he he was terrible up front. Like he, the guy's not a striker. Surely I don't understand. When like when so when Cavani is on, and everyone's got a, and like maybe when Sancho is like starting games, hmm. does does Martial just like drop out of the team? It's a good question because the way that I see it going at the moment, like Sancho just doesn't look ready. Mm. Um. Which is, it's kind of hilarious, isn't it, with football to think that you can sign a guy for, what, 80 million or 70 million, whatever it is, and they look like they really need some time to adjust, Um, especially when he was originally from Man City. That is uh, kind of where he, well, actually from Watford before that. But like, yeah, it's interesting to see how difficult he found it to get in both games that he's played so far when when he came off the bench. So I do think there's probably a shout for Martial to get some time maybe on the left. But that was what really confused me. I, I say that, but Pogba's been playing there and he's been so effective. And he honestly looks like United's best player at the moment alongside maybe Greenwood, to be honest, because Greenwood has, he hasn't been as involved as Pogba or Fernandez, but like he's getting himself into great positions. Yeah. 
Martial today, every time the ball went up to him, he just lost it. And he really struggled to deal with the physicality. And I think if you've got a guy up front, you know, Cavani comes in, that's a different type of striker. That's a guy who will relish that kind of battle and he'll try and hold it up. And he, he will lose it sometimes, but he's more, he's more cut out for that kind of role. And I just feel like Man United have this tendency to have all these guys who are really left-wingers, like Rashford, like Martial. They try them out as a central striker and it just doesn't really work because it's a different... You need to do different things if you're playing that role. Um, and yeah, I thought they, it was confusing to me why they didn't stick with the sort of um, setup that they had against Leeds, where it was basically Greenwood and Fernandez were just both playing as a striker. And they just caused absolute chaos because they're just very intelligent attackers. And they were constantly making runs in behind that they, I don't think Leeds knew how to deal with because they didn't know where, where the runs were coming from, who was going to be, be doing it next. With Fernandez sort of, playing behind this time it it just looked a bit more like Martial wasn't going to create any threat and as soon as they passed to him oh Southampton have just gone through the back of him and won the ball back so I don't know maybe maybe next week we'll see a, a different approach and they'll go back to that sort of uh, system where where well I don't know maybe Cavani will be back I'm not sure how far away he is because I know he's basically given extended leave um but yeah, it just whatever they did today, it didn't work for me. And I think that's kind of the thing I'll be looking out for. And Fernandez could become, you know, Fernandez ends up playing deeper because we've got Sancho in the side and we've got uh, Rashford coming back and we've got Cavani and Pogba. Like, what is going to happen to him when all those players are back? I just, I don't really know. Like, I, I think Pogba's looks so good from the left and it'll be a shame to see him move out of that position. Um, but yeah, I was, I was disappointed with United overall and I thought they were rubbish. Okay, um, Jesus put in a, a good performance against Norwich, it should be said. Uh, obviously, question marks over him because of the aforementioned Harry Kane and what happens with him. City are a really hard one to call this season because they've just absolutely pummeled Norwich. I mean, who, who wouldn't expect that to happen? It was a game I was kind of concerned about, actually, because originally I, I did have Grealish in my team and I had to get rid of him to fund... You know, I could have had him. I just had Pepe instead, like an idiot. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really, you know, I didn't want to take that risk on him. And City are a weird one because they basically, very charitably, if you owned a City asset, shared the goals around in this game, apart from for Gundogan, who I think is actually relatively quite highly owned compared to the others. But, you know, Jesus coming up with all the assists at 8.5. If he is going to play, he could be good value. But can we can we say that about any city asset? What are your thoughts on on city in general and Jesus? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, at, before uh, before the season started, I was very conscious that I didn't have any city assets, um, and was that a risk to go without? But actually, I think I probably went the majority of last season without. Hmm. I don't remember the last time I did have one. Maybe the season, hmm. start of the season before. So yeah, I was worried about it, but I just didn't know what to do. And I'd had, I had thought about Grealish a little bit, but then I was like, well, how do we know if he's going to play? And I did think that the goal he got yesterday was just very lucky. Like he was just in the right <laughs> place at the right time and it just bounced off him. Hmm. Um, so I, that didn't really convince me that he was somebody I needed. 
Hmm. Um, I could have been in the right place at the right time and it just come off my leg and, oops, it's got a goal. You just, you happen to be on the pitch. Yeah. Suddenly a Premier League footballer. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, I've scored. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> oh God, how did I get here? <laughs> you never know. I guess uh, I'm probably more interested in a defender but like then who i don't really understand who plays and because i the key issue of me not knowing what what the difference what which men are center backs and which men are on the left and the right and here there and everywhere because they're all just defenders in my head i don't i have even less idea about who is actually going to play yeah so i don't know who to put on i don't i don't look yeah and i guess the one thing i'd say like looking at the fixtures they have Arsenal next, which is usually, you know, either a 1-0 or a 3-0 win, depending on how, how much they feel like scoring goals. Mm. But after that, you know, Leicester, Southampton, Chelsea, Liverpool. I feel like you, you have the benefit of being a bit patient because certainly in my opinion, like City have looked very vulnerable to the counter-attack in the last few years. And we saw that, you know, they lost to Leicester last season. They lost to Chelsea in the final, getting torn apart on the counter-attack of the um the final of the Champions League. And they seem to be a team that like you really can just if you beat their press, they become headless chickens after that. Like you, you just get through and you've got an easy shot at goal. Uh, you have a really good opportunity. So from a defensive point of view, I think, you know, Ruben Diaz and Edison, that those are the two guys that you can look at who will play most games, certainly not every game. But Pepper's just been YOLO in it. He's been putting Ake in. He put Laporte in the other day. I, I don't think he cares. I think it's only like the big games he will put his first choice, which I think is probably Kyle Walker at right back. Certainly if it's a team that he thinks can get something out of them defensively, mm. um, just because of his pace. And Jao Cancelo, you know, will get himself sent off in those sort of games or like lose the ball in a dangerous area. Then it's Diaz and Stones, and then left back, probably Zinchenko, maybe Mendy. I think it depends on the team, but like, I think those, the first three that I mentioned, are the ones that will usually play um, in like a big game. But I think outside of that, you know, Laporte's a really good player. Uh, Ake, they spent big money on. I didn't think he's that good, but like, Pep's probably going to use him. Yeah, I think Ake was a lot better for Bournemouth than he's been for City. Hmm. Yeah, well, to be fair to him, like hasn't really played a lot of games for City, so no. it's it's quite difficult, especially when you're a defender and you a lot of the way you play is determined by how you're able to develop a partnership with someone you play with regularly. Yeah. So when you get thrown into the game, I think that's something we're seeing at Arsenal at the moment. You know, we don't have a a partnership there, and Pablo Marie, God bless his soul, <laughs> was was killed today by a, a man named Romelu Lukaku. Um, and, and we're seeing that where we just don't have, a, I think Ben White and Gabrielle is the partnership that we want, but Gabrielle is just back in training after a mysterious injury over the summer. And you just, yeah, you, I have a little bit of sympathy for him there, but yeah, Jesus on the other hand, it just feels too much like, you know, this is one of those one week things that will happen. He's, he's a good player. I, I do like him. I just don't think he's ever going to be like a permanent a permanent enough fixture in this team. And I don't think he's ever going to be prolific. Mm. And that's a problem. And I think that's why they're looking at guys like Harry Kane, just because, you know, I think I personally, I think Harry Kane is maybe a little bit overrated. That's not 
that I'm saying he's not a world-class player, but I think people rate him very, very highly at times when, you know, he doesn't always deliver in, in the moments you need him to. And, you know, the, the Euros is a good example, right? He, he was kind of shit in the Euros. He was so trash, man. But he kept playing. And, and I do think sometimes, you know, teams get a little bit in their own heads, especially international teams, actually. But, like, they just play the guy because, oh, he's world-class, even if he's slow and yeah. doesn't really... And that's kind of my one concern with Kane. But I think, like, playing at City, playing at a guy as meticulous... Uh, playing with a guy as meticulous as Pep Guardiola, that he'll find a way to get the best out of Kane. And I think he'll cover up for his weaknesses in terms of his uh, speed. But But, like... That is, I mean, that is really the thing that will break open FPL this season. I think if he goes to City, it's going to be really interesting to see how he does. I think if he stays at Spurs, he's going to be very stroppy. So, you know, it is what it is. But one guy who I really like, and to be honest, I'm probably going to have to get him in. I'm not quite sure what move I'm going to make yet. I mean, I've got a few few targets, a few candid, uh, candidates I need to kick out of my team. A few overpaid, expensive pieces of dead wood some dross <laughs> that i need to remove from my squad but dcl dominic calvert lewin the man he just keeps scoring he's gonna do it again and and what a great start for rafa benitez two wins on the bounce boom boom and also tangentially mr abdelide decore with another assist at 5.5 i mean he must be 5.6 now people have to be buying nah, him after nah, all nah, these nah, points nah, nah. Nah, are you kidding me Jesus Christ, I, I I want him so bad. But DCL, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't actually seen the highlights for this game. Um, but he just, he's doing that thing again where he scores a goal a game. And at 8.1, can you really argue with that? I mean, that's just great value, right? Yeah, and he definitely could have had like two or three goals in this game. Um... Oh, yeah, like I, I saw, so I didn't see all of the highlights, but the amount of balls that are going into the box to him that he's just like a fraction off of getting yeah. to. You. And it, it it's like the guy's a good finisher and he really understands when to move. Mm. And it seems like Rafa's gone in there and been like, you know what? I know exactly how to get the most out of this player. I'm just going to fire loads of crosses in and we've got some good crosses. It, it just makes a lot of sense. And yeah, he's, he's looking like great value. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I am starting to worry about not having an Everton asset at all. Um, just not defenders. Just yeah, don't obviously go near not them. defenders. I'm not an idiot. Um, oh, <laughs> no. It hurts. Uh, but yeah, Calvert-Lewin I'm into. But the problem is, is that I'm quite happy with my strikers at the moment. Hmm. So Calvert-Lewin then doesn't really work. So Who I have am... you got? You've got Antonio. Antonio, Wilson and Tony. Okay, yeah. Um... I, I, yeah, and I'm not really interested in getting rid of any of them, hmm. uh, which is a bit annoying, but is what it is. So, yeah, Dekure and maybe um, Damari Gray as well, because he looked really good in this game. Uh, lots of running. Nice. Yeah. You like that? That's that, good. That's what you need, I think, from, from a men, pl- men playing football is just running. Yeah. Um, both priced at five point five, so I guess it's like a little bit of like a toss up on which one you want to get. I mean, obviously I'm going to get to Corey, but hmm. uh, <laughs> for for anyone else, it might be a little bit of a toss up on which 
which player is best. You know, that that's an interesting... I didn't realise that Damari Gray was that cheap. Mm. The, that is a really good price for him because, I, I mean, I think we talked about him on the, the last, like the pre... The pre-season, the before-the-season podcast mm-hmm. we did. Um, and I've not really been a fan of Damari Gray. I think he's a player that generally has a lot of talent when it comes to dribbling with the ball. <laughs> kind of like Adama Traore as well, another guy that, that we've talked about before. But, like, end product has been his issue, you know? Like, getting goals and getting assists. Like, usually he's pretty low on, on that side of things. Yeah. And... It was interesting to see him get a goal this week. I, what was the goal like? I, like I say, I haven't seen Match of the Day yet. I've only seen the matches oh, that were on TV. I can't remember. Did he? Did, how did you feel when the goal happened? Did he do something good or was it like a bit lucky? I can't, <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get, the, look, get out of here. The problem is, is that it, his goal was overshadowed every step of the way by his celebration. Well, that's just, that's just not good it's on his not, part is it but it's why all, are you doing that it's all i took because he tried to do a knee, knee slide and he fell over and he just like <laughs> toppled over the the, the lawn um <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so i actually have absolutely no recollection of the goal i reckon i remember decore's assist but i don't remember the ball going in the net hmm yeah and this Top tier is analysis then. Yeah, this, this is why you have the takes and not yeah, the analysis. Exactly. Okay. Uh, hey, guys, I'm sorry. I, I apologise. I know I should watch Match of the Day, but there's so much fucking football on. It's impossible. Like, I, I spend my entire weekends watching football. Dan's got to keep up with uh, Phil Neville's exploits. He doesn't have time for Match of the Day. <laughs> Phil Neville. Oh, big victory last night for Phil. Oh, no, is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, He's I turning it, was... it around. You know, DCL, he's one of those guys when I was having my my sad my sad time last year where I hated football because penalties and Arsenal. Um he's one of those guys I refused to have because I just got annoyed. <laughs> he kept scoring headers every game. And yeah. now I'm looking at those fixtures. I really fucked up. This is one of the things I, I really got wrong this season going into the season, right? I thought to myself. I do not want to have more than one Everton player. Mm. So I have to pick between Dean and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And yeah, I, I sure as hell pick the worst possible one. I think yeah. I've got... I, th- I think I benched him last week, so that was fine. But I got zero points from him this week. And I put Smith Rowe on the bench instead. And, you know, I would have at least welcomed his two points rather than the freaking zero from Luca Dean. Yeah. But, you know, I, I really messed up there because, like... DCL is a guy, he's the guy who's, you know, putting in great performances every game and just getting loads of chances. And I think when you've got someone who the manager is is really playing to to the strengths of, and a guy who's already proven himself to be a good goal scorer, 8.1 price, you can't really ignore that. And I mean, Ings is doing the same, right? Two goals in two games. Uh, one was a late penalty. This one I've heard was a, a phenomenal goal. And I can't wait to watch it like midweek next week <laughs> but yeah i heard he had a, a a great little goal um but natalie you have put here that his fixtures are nasty yeah so i was like i've been thinking about it since you said to me yesterday that you were surprised i didn't have ings hmm. and i had said a few weeks ago that i didn't want him he was too expensive wasn't interested yada 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 um so i was i've thought about it uh, and then I looked at the fixtures and thought, 
nah, you're all right. <laughs> I don't need it. Yeah. And I think actually, uh, Wendia post Brentford might be um a good like facilitator for someone else like get rid of him and put Dakuri in I guess hmm. I'm not feeling hype about Buendia I'm happy to give him another another go see what happens but it's not sparking joy yeah I I am curious about Villa um I didn't <sighs> So I, I did watch, I'm basically one week behind everyone else now. So I did watch the highlights from last week on like Thursday and they were really poor against Watford, like barely did anything uh, in attack and the defense was just, <laughs> it was so all over the place. I just couldn't even, it was one of those things where they would, uh, the Watford players would be running into like an area of the pitch and there's always like, I guess people who play FIFA a lot would get this like a bit more, but like you can often see what someone is going to do by like where they're running on the pitch. Like, you know what pass they want to make. So like as a defender, like what you should do is you should always like block that, that passing lane, right? Like, Oh, you're running into the middle of the pitch. Like someone else is running down the wing. I need to make sure like I cover that lane rather than coming out to you and giving you like a, a clean like line to pass through to them. And it seemed that Villa, what they were doing is they'd see someone running towards them and then they'd move into the worst possible place that you shouldn't go. <laughs> and Watford would just be like, oh, okay, easy pass then. I'll just put it through to the guy who's now through on goal. Yeah. Great. Like, and that is kind of, that is terrible. That I don't want my teams doing that. Um, but obviously they had a good win against, uh, who did they play this week? It was... Uh, someone else. N Newcastle. Yeah. And scandalous, scandalous situation. And I don't know if I'm going to sound like a bit of a hypocrite here because that freaking offside, you sent the picture to me of the what it was called for. And like, yeah, I can see the line is slightly past the player. But when I'm looking at the player, I'm like, I'm not sure where you've drawn that line is right. Like, they look... <laughs> there is no advantage for, for Wilson here. Basically... His body is leaning, and that is the only reason you're you're giving this offside. Um, and it could have turned the game around. It could have given Newcastle a chance. Especially, I think it's especially worse because of the penalty Newcastle had given against them last week. I I'm feeling like a kindred spirit with Newcastle fans, like like a connection. Aww. Like, why are you getting such bad luck? It yeah. sucks. Like that penalty last week was awful, and to have a penalty disallowed. When Martinez, again, more narrative that I would like to see Martinez getting, you know, uh, chastised for making a mistake and just clattering a defender. Yeah. He gets away with it again. <laughs> so, like, Martinez is getting the luck and Newcastle aren't. But anyway, this is, this is a tangent. You know, I'm just talking about stupid things here. Um, my, my overall point was I'm not sure what to make of Aston Villa this season yet. Mm. And I think you're probably right to be a little bit... Wary. Wary, yeah. Because, you know, Brentford next is fine. Like, I'll totally hold for that. I think game week three could seriously be looking like wildcard time. I don't think my team is that bad. But it's already emerging that, like, I, I maybe want to put a bit more money into my, my strikers. Uh, I'm looking at Ivan Tony. I'm not quite sure about. We'll talk about him in a mo. I, I feel like I need someone like DCL. Someone who's just going to every week keep it ticking um someone who i can rely on with good fixtures and i'm looking at those everton fixtures 
could even do a straight swap for Ings. Uh, but after Brentford, yeah, Chelsea, Everton, Man United, Spurs. It's not great. No. And I, I, I think Villa are... They've made some good signings for sure. I'm not sure they're finishing much higher than mid-table. And I'm not sure... Ugh, I don't know. Sorry if there are any Villa fans listening. I don't... I don't think with Dean Smith, they're going like to the Champions League. I don't think that's happening. And <laughs> I think that's kind of the, the feeling around some of the fans is that this is, you know, we're on a real like positive upward trajectory here. I'm not sure I'm seeing it. Sorry, I, I cut you off a minute ago because I was just finishing my thought. But um, was there something you wanted to add to that? No, I was going to move on to Wilson when you were talking about Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Um, yeah, so I just after the seeing the scoreline yesterday i was was sad yeah i was like oh maybe wilson was a stupid pick maybe i shouldn't have done that Hmm. um but after watching the highlights it definitely reinforced that no wilson was a great pick he had quite a few chances and obviously the the penalty that wasn't given so yeah i felt relieved and also positive about what he could what he could bring in the future. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I guess my. I don't know. I hope that no one is making any rash decisions on transfers yet, because mm. the data set that we have is still so small. But mm. I'd feel a lot more confident about owning him after watching that, and I don't yeah. think anyone else should be worried about owning him either if they do. Yeah, definitely. I I guess there are. There are certainly players who would be a bigger concern uh, that you might have in your team than than the likes of uh, Callum Wilson. He's a he's a good player. He's a proven player. Uh, their fixtures aren't terrible. I mean, they play Southampton next, which I, I think Newcastle actually have a pretty good record against Southampton. I remember when Hasenhutl first came in, they absolutely hammered Southampton like 4-0. And... I remember being on holiday and just seeing it and crying because I'm sure I had Southampton players at, at that time. Um, and yeah, I, you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, like, you know, I, I really rate Hasenhutl quite highly, but, but Newcastle look okay to me this season. I, I think they look more entertaining than... There's certainly a, t- a side that I'm looking at over Villa and thinking mm. there will be goals in this team for sure. Yeah. Um, and maybe I'm just a bit biased. I mean, I, I do feel like I have a bit of a negative attitude towards Villa. I don't quite know why. So your negative attitude towards Newcastle has moved to be, to, has changed to become a negative attitude towards Villa. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is tied up in like, that they beat us 1-0 with really defensive tactics <laughs> a bunch <laughs> of times and Arsenal being unable to break them down, which is, it's just Arsenal, isn't it? It's just how it is. Uh, and last but not least, certainly not least, I actually, I'm not going to say last but not least, because uh, I do want to have a quick talk about uh, Dennis after this, okay. because I did watch the Watford game in full. Yeah. Um, but Ivan Tony, I mean, again, you know, I don't have an awful lot to add on this. He is a guy that I'm looking at, who I'm thinking, this is more from me watching the Arsenal game, because mm. that, that's what I've seen so far. He, to me, almost looked like a facilitator rather than a striker who's going to get goals. Okay, so in the Palace game, he was a lot more striker, striker, striking things. Um, Yeah, doing things like shots and attacks. Exactly, as (laughs) as all good strikers should. Yeah, so um, that was extremely reassuring to see that actually that he was like 
I don't know if I'd use the phrase getting through on goal, but like he did have opportunities where he could have scored. I feel like there was quite a lot of concern last week. Yeah. Uh, where he had like no shots at all or whatever against Arsenal. Um, but yeah, don't worry about it, guys. He's chill. Just warming <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. That, that's kind of reassuring because I guess he is... Ivan Tony is a prime example of the kind of guy that you get two weeks into the season and you're starting to think, oh God, this guy hasn't returned for two weeks in a row. Like my team is a mess. I need to rip it up. And mm. and, and yeah, I, I think, it, you know, 6.5, still a good price if he delivers a lot of goals. We did mention this on the preseason podcast. He's the kind of guy at that price, unless there's someone at 5.5 or 5.0, like scoring more than him, I, I don't think you can really sneeze at that too much if he delivers, what, five to ten goals or something. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's just a question mark of having the right value set up. So it will become more clear over the, over the weeks um, as we see, you know, how, how essential is it owning all of the really expensive guys like the Salas and the Fernandes and, and Lukaku. But yeah, that, that's kind of encouraging because I have been a little bit concerned based on the Arsenal game about mm. how Brentford are going to score their goals because they didn't really, you know, they, <laughs> the way they beat us was very tactical. It was like Running. set pieces and yeah, literally just being first to the ball really. Yeah. But that is, I mean, you shouldn't take it for granted how important that is in football. It was the same problem for Arsenal again today. Like they did not win their duels. And what that meant was the the second goal for example like i think it was lakonga and cedric both on alonso they both went for the same ball both missed it it's two players out of the game yeah. and all of a sudden you have a, a a 4v3 or a 3v2 and it's like when you get a team like chelsea in that position you you're fucked like you can't lose that first battle because if you do there's a basically a transition opportunity on and i think that's something that brentford are going to be really good at how did um how did Palace look? Did, were they were Brentford like the better team in this game? Well, I thought it was funny. Uh, Thomas Frank, yeah, he was like, yeah, I think we were the better side. I think it was very tight, but I think we edged it as the better side. And it straight after that interview, it go cuts back to the studio, and Jermaine hmm. Genius is like, so I think Palace edged it, and they were the better side. And I was like, <laughs> how? Who do I believe? at this point how do i know obviously thomas frank because you hate jermaine genus correct (laughs) see i think it was really even um palace i guess were doing defending Hmm. uh and that's really it maybe they had a chance or two oh yeah benteke had a chance thing not much from palace will they ever score a goal who knows Hmm. it's difficult for palace at the moment i guess because they do have a number of their attacking players out and i think they're still looking to sign more mm. more players um but yeah i did want to bring up dennis because uh, he obviously had a great week last week and, and ismail lassar um playing against brighton and i was so disappointed like i was looking out for this guy because i was like is he good like are watford good in attack now and i can confirm that no they are not good in i attack still now. thought Saar was was all right he looked okay, but he really struggled to really turn anything into a, an actual, you know, real chance. He was he was energetic. Mm. He had a few shots from sort of outside the box, yeah. but like ultimately they really struggled to create anything dangerous. And 
it was a bit unfortunate because I mean, basically, what happened in the game was there was quite an early goal from Shane Duffy, yeah, which was a very old school Brighton goal, really. Yeah. They won a corner, big man heading it in, one nil, and then you know Brighton have been across um, the past season, season. I can't remember how long Pot has been there actually. So, so I guess he's been there long enough to kind of you know have a have a style and stuff. Um, I, that's not the point I'm trying to make at all. The point I'm trying sure. to make is, is, is that, uh, yeah, they're, gen- they're generally solid defensively anyway. So, like, mm. they're not an easy team to break down. They had this this goal that they scored early on. All of a sudden, that puts Watford in a tricky position. And then the second goal they conceded was just from a really bad bit of playing out from the back. Goalkeeper plays the ball. Yeah. Basuma nips in. And it's an easy chance in the end for Mope. I'd be shocked if he missed it. Um but I thought like Watford really struggled to actually do anything. And maybe there's an element of score effect there because Brighton didn't really need to go for it. But I was really looking at Dennis and, and Saar and these guys who'd done so well in the previous week. I thought Chicho or Cucho, can't remember. Cucho, Hernandez, I think. Cucho. I thought he looked okay. Like he had a few decent shots, but... I assume he Watford, didn't start. I don't think so. I think he must have come on. Um, but yeah, I didn't really see anything from those two. It was really the guy who was making all the stuff happen for Watford was Saar, but they looked like they didn't really have an idea how to create a chance. Mm. And that is more in line with the Watford that I saw last season <laughs> yeah. where, you know, they're, they're, they've got some good players there, but like, they don't really know how to, how to build pressure how to really pile it on to the, the opposition, that they're more of a team that kind of will win on the margins. Sometimes they'll win just because there'll be a break and, you know, Saar is fast and he's, he's good. And he's, I actually thought he looked a bit weaker in this game too. Um, he kind of struggled to... Because uh, that was a big part of the problem for Saar was he was running past the fullback, but like the fullback was getting back and, and managing to kind of edge him out of the way. Mm. And I don't know, maybe it's just Brighton a, you know really good at defending yeah, it, it could be a lot down to that that's it i can't like in my head I, i'm a bit confused by brighton winning their mm. first two games of the season like for the first time yeah like it it just feels a bit uh, oh oh okay okay Brighton. <laughs> uh playing in europa league next year are you like <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where it's come from and i guess like yeah so to me in my head, I'm like, okay, were Watford actually bad? Or were Brighton just surprisingly good? I, I think Watford were bad in the sense that both goals they conceded were completely avoidable. Um, <laughs> yeah. Basuma, I thought, was really impressive. I know he's quite a highly rated player, but, you know, he's playing deep for most of the game. And just on this one occasion, it, which does make me think it was planned by the manager... There's one occasion he he pushes up a little bit. He sees the goalkeeper going to make the pass, and he just nips in ahead of cleverly. Um, it was the highest he, he he was up the pitch for like the entire game, and it felt to me like that was kind of a planned strategy. They were like, "Oh, we know they're going to try and play it out from time to time. Let's try and nick it and mm. get like a quick a quick counter opportunity, basically." And um, yeah, I mean, it felt like a game where nothing really happened besides those two events. I I really struggle to recall any chances and that's probably what you expect from these sorts of games to be honest you know Brighton Watford they're not they're not the most exciting teams I know Brighton last season had a lot of shots 
But maybe maybe there's just an element of Brighton becoming a little bit more streetwise because the criticism last season was they had all this XG and they kept losing one nil. Yeah. Or they kept <laughs> and they had a good defence, but they kept losing one nil. So I don't know, maybe maybe there's an element of them moving towards a more streetwise style of play where it's like, you know what, we're gonna still play our way, but like maybe let's be a little bit more smart about how we score and use the players we have in our team. You know, we have a bunch of tall guys, let's try and score from corners. Mm. We have Basuma, who's like a, a nippy guy in midfield, let's try and win the ball back high up, rather than trying to keep possession and trying to break down the opposition. Um, so yeah, fair play. I mean, actually, I, I'm i not a big fan of Potter, but like, if that's his plan, I rate it, because it's like, looking at the problems we have, oh, we have a lot of possession and we don't score, like, yeah, find a different way to score then. Um, but yeah, I am a little bit worried, uh, not worried, but like, it's made me cool my jets on like whether or not I need a Watford player. I think I'm going to observe them a bit more. And I think there are potentially, you know, some better options in that kind of cheaper range. Um, is there anyone else to pick up before we move on? I'm a bit annoyed that Spurs had a VAR pen today or like a, I haven't actually seen it myself. So I could be talking out of my ass here, but I've heard it was one of those where he's kind of dived a little bit and I hate that. I'm not here for it. Ings not taking a penalty. Another strike against his name. Forgot about that. Terrible guy. Uh, Rafinha scored today. Uh, scored yesterday. Good player. You know, potentially good pick going forward. That's it, really. I don't think there's much else to mention. Okay, game three. What are we saying? I don't know, man. What's I happening going forward? I haven't looked at the pictures. I'm going to do that now. Oh, I don't like this. It's the big boys up against other big boys. Oh, I didn't sign up for that. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure there's really any of those because I'm not putting Arsenal in big boy tier. We've got, we got a ways to go before we're back there. Well, I don't have any of those players anyway, so it doesn't bother me. Yeah. I mean, that's a 12.30 kickoff as well. 12.30pm. Uh, <laughs> You'd prefer it if it was 12.30am. I'd like you that might be a lot more. There'd be a bit more of a sort of vibey energy if it was at midnight, yeah. Um, but no, twelve thirty p.m. It always goes the same way. It's like well, then you won't need easy... to watch it because you'll know what happens. Yeah, I mean that's a, a tricky one. That's a good reason to not really go for anyone from Arsenal or Man City right now. Um, because I think apart from maybe a Man City defender, like I'd certainly back a clean sheet for City there. I want my boys. I want Saka and ESR to show up and do something here, but I just can't. I can't in good conscience tell the people that that's that's a good sort of advice to take um villa brentford could be interesting like i said those are the sort of games that i'm looking at tony to to do something yeah i have tony on my bench but i'm just swapping switch switching him out switching him in putting him in Hmm. taking sar out and putting tony in i think yeah i'm into it yeah i think that makes sense because we've got watford against spurs i hate to say it but good start from spurs uh two one nils (sighs) i don't know how they played today how defensive they were and I, I did hear they got this sketchy pen, but like I saw that Larice is like the highest. Yeah, I, th- I think points. he's got four bonus points in both games yeah. and clean sheets. Four saves last week and six saves this week. Oh my god, he scored even higher this week. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, I think Wolves is Wolves are looking interesting because they're far more attacking than they were under Nuno, and they've lost two games in a row, one nil. Mm. Which is a little bit of a shame. And I think Adama looked so good in that first game. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember if I said it to you, but it was like, I've never seen someone look so in control of, of their body and the ball right up until the point where you right, actually have to cool. shoot yeah. and then just completely loses everything. Like, it's kind of amazing because usually, you know, you can see when a player doesn't look very composed, they're not really getting the ball under control. When when Adama runs with the ball, there's there's something so elegant about it and so um yeah so so composed but when it got to actually just put putting the ball past the goalkeeper which seems like it should be the easiest thing yeah he uh he's really struggling with that but i think he's he's an interesting one to to look at because i think as if this season goes on and he gets you know he gets a goal in the next couple of weeks maybe it's just a confidence thing for him maybe he goes on a little run because it looks like the manager is trying to get something out of him in uh, in particular and he keeps getting chances and if Wolves are having that many shots, like at some point they're going to start scoring and it's going to be exciting. Um, but they play Man United next. And that's, I don't know, I, I probably um, probably forego the, the Man United captain on this one, but I'm not sure. I'll, I'll maybe make that call after I've seen these highlights. Uh, Liverpool-Chelsea is one of those where it's just like, ugh, that's kind of annoying. Like just play your players, but probably not looking at any captains uh Leicester Norwich well actually Norwich Leicester Norwich are at home we haven't seen this week's Leicester game of course because it hasn't taken place yet (laughs) but that does look like a a game where if you have you know if you have Barnes if you have Vardy if you have is there anyone else that's kind of worth looking at there I mean we don't know we don't know what the lineup's gonna be yet for for the next game so so it's hard to say despite being a time lord yeah uh, I don't know yeah, you, when you travel time, you don't you don't watch the games because no. you, you know you want to keep it honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'd be like in Back to the Future where they're betting on the races and stuff. Yeah, and likewise with West Ham facing Palace. I mean, there's there's a lot of sort of mid table versus mid table here, isn't well, there? Do you want to know what where my captain is currently? Go on, let me know. Antonio. Okay, West Ham at home. It, it feels it feels about right. This is kind of, I would say it's one of those weeks, isn't it, where you can kind of afford to go a bit renegade. Yeah, because I don't want to captain Salah really against Chelsea. Like I don't mind it, but I don't want to. Um, and then do you think people will be? Do you think that? Yeah. Or do you think like that will be? The, what do you think the most popular captain will be for this week? It's funny, isn't it? Because I guess if Kane was playing, hmm. uh, like if Kane was definitely going to start for Spurs. God, yeah. It would probably be Kane against Watford. Yeah. Um, so Human Son, for those who own him, probably has got to be up there. Yeah. I'd forgotten about Son. But <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so probably Son quite high up. Otherwise, I reckon, yeah, it's just Salah and Fernandez. I reckon every week, kind of regardless of who they're playing, it's going to hmm. be Salah and Fernandez. Yeah. And I really want to see... I really want to see more of Spurs because I'm trying to work out like what is what is Nuno doing with them? How is he trying to play? Two one nils in a row paints a certain picture. <laughs> yeah, feels like defense. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you look at the the City game, and that was always got to be. I, I I think usually you want to stay tight at the back and you want to counter like that's how you want to play against City, and they did it really effectively. They actually had quite a few chances. Like that could have been more than than one nil. Um, I'm curious if if they were a bit more under pressure against Wolves today because 
that would probably point to them maybe you know trying to nick a goal and i mean they scored from a penalty they didn't score from open play mm. as well so you do have to I, i'm really curious to see how they're going to be but they could be emerging as guys that you you know loris very good option so far yeah a guy who i definitely would not have even given a second thought no i don't know if i spoke to you about it but i saw a tweet this week mm. that was like um Paying more than five million for a keeper um is silly. And paying any if paying five point five above is absolutely stupid and you should never do it. And I was <laughs> like, my guy, this is just a game. Do you want to chill the fuck out? What uh, is wrong with the world that everything has to be a fucking absolute? I hate this behaviour. I was like, leave me alone. Like, if you had Lloris, in your team for the last two weeks and you paid whatever he is, 5.5, 6, I don't know, you'd be yeah. gassed, no? You'd be, like, that's worth, those points are worth the money that you've paid. You could have captained him two weeks in a row <laughs> and got some really good scores. Literally. Like... I don't understand. Oh, and also the same tweet was like, uh, and don't, don't rotate your keepers. It's not worth the headache. Yeah, and um, it's like, that, that's an individual thing, right? Like, some people will be able to do that and be successful. Uh, ultimately, like, FPL, all it comes down to is making the exact right decision for the people who get the most points every week. And actually, if you look to the team that would generate the most points, if you just, you know, set and forget them, there's a good chance, like, some random guy like Lloris will end up in there. Mm. If you wanted, like, the optimal budget spend, right? I just find that kind of like arrogance and like elitism about firstly, yeah, you're right, a freaking game. Yeah. Like grow up, man. But like at the same time, like these guys who it feels kind of counterintuitive, if if Loris goes on and has like I, I remember the day of Petr Cech. I mean, he was a gold mine for FPL mm. when when Jose Mourinho was um manager back in the early noughties, like because they just kept clean sheets every game. Like, having him and John Terry, like, that was the best money you could spend because T Terry was scoring and getting bonus points. Czech was just getting clean sheets every game. Like, it didn't matter that he was, like, 6 million or 7 million or whatever. Like, he was good value for money because it was consistent. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm definitely a cheap goalkeeper kind of guy. But, like, I would have liked to have had those points from Lloris this week. Yeah. <laughs> to make up for, for the lack of points from freaking fernandez and salah i mean i'm just glad pogba actually did something <laughs> and then went on to get booked oh which you know just what a troll legend you but, can't have it all uh yeah it's pretty annoying but i am I, I think i'm probably gonna look at i will be watching that um leicester game tomorrow intently checking out harvey barnes seeing how he does mm. um because he could be a potential captain for me but the problem with Harvey Barnes is, you know, it's still early in the season and it's, it's one of those risky picks where, you know, he comes off quite a lot. Mm. So I kind of don't want to have that situation where I'm like, oh God, like I've got a guy in the three PMs. If the game ends up being tighter than I expect it to be, he might come off in the 70th minute. And then I'm like, oh, why didn't I just go with Fernandez? So I'm probably going to stick yeah. with Fernandez actually. Just be boring. Just, I'm going to maintain the boring stance for early in the season and then I'm going to start YOLOing when, when I know a bit more about the teams, really, because, I mean, Leicester, I know nothing about them so far other than they had a 1-0 and 
they kind of shut up shop after going one nil up against Wolves. So, so yeah, we'll see. Uh, let's have a quick look at the clean sheet cup. Oh yeah, baby! I can't remember who I picked. You picked Manchester United. Oh, did I seriously? Yeah. Oh, I'm an asshole. You, you're silly. Um, I could have had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight clean sheets. Wow! How did I pick? One of the few games, one of the two games with no clean sheets in it. Damn. Uh, but I picked Man City, so I get a point. Um, um, so you can go first again this week. Who looks like a good team playing a bad team? Well, Leicester could be an example of that. Spurs. Do you reckon the Loris hat trick is possible? Three clean sheets in three? Who's to say? Only a Time Lord would know. This is one of those like gambler's fallacy things where it's like, oh, it can't happen a third time in a row. <laughs> it absolutely can. So I'm just going to say, I'm going to put that to the test. I'm going to say Spurs against Watford, okay. baby. I wanted this one. Yeah. Oh, yes, I've stolen it from you, even better. Uh, I'm tempted to go Man City again. <laughs> I think you'd, you'd probably be well served going for that. So one thing uh, before... The next game week that might be worth pointing out is that there are Carabao Cup games. Yeah. So obviously that won't affect the bigger teams so much, but mm-hmm. like maybe some of the what you typically call like teams in the lower half of the table might be more of a problem. Like I doubt anyone has any Norwich assets, but like they're playing Bournemouth, for example. Arsenal playing West Brom. Yeah, like Newcastle, Burnley, uh, Watford, Crystal Palace. So like those ones, maybe. Basically, it's just the thing to, you know, maybe leave your transfers a bit late, right? Like keep an eye out for what's going on because there could very well be some injuries. And and actually, not just injuries, but we have to think about COVID. Um, Ben White, of course, was unwell. I I don't know if they said they confirmed whether it was COVID or not. I heard someone say it was. But yeah, I, never I mean, read it probably that. is. It probably is. I only saw unwell as the report, yeah. but like it when they say that, I think we have to assume there's a high likelihood of that being the case. Yeah. So I actually think even more so than injuries, like we have a situation where COVID, especially, and hey, there are going to be anti-vaxxers in these squads mm. and that could be a problem. So, <laughs> so, so why are, are Arsenal in this round because they finished so low in the table? last season this is one blind spot for me it must be i've never actually looked up the rules but i think if you finish below a certain place i assume it's like the top the top five or the top six yeah then you you go in at round two or whatever but yeah i I mean it's exciting because at least at least it means i've got a midweek game to look forward to and all at the same time as well there's like two different kickoff times on tuesday but that's that's accumulator central that is Ah, uh, I didn't even think about accumulators. Ah, <laughs> uh, Natalie, you are you are truly the Time Lord. The Time Lord genius. I am. I am indeed. That's okay, cool. It's been a pleasure, Natalie. Thanks. Pleasure speaking with you. Best of luck next week in the Clean Sheet Cup. I hope you lose. Thank you. We'll speak to you next week. Wait, no. No, we won't. No, we're not going to speak to anyone next week. We're not going to be here next week no. because 
it's the international break. It's our favourite time of the year, guys. Ooh. It's not. We hate it. We absolutely... I, I certainly hate I it. Mean, I don't know about I you. I like that we get a break from doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's nice, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it's the international break. So, you know, nothing to really do there. We could discuss a week, but we'll probably just do it a week later. We will. And have some, some chat about, you know, what to do going forward. Maybe throw in some wildcard chat. I'm sure people are going to be wildcarding around that time. I might even look at doing it myself depending on what new information we have after next week. So, yeah, uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at The Denalysis. Um, uh, you can also email us at hello at thedenalysis.com and rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, not iTunes anymore, Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell it's called. You know what it is. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's the one where everyone gets their podcast from, apart from if they're on, like, Overcast or whatever, like me. But Or Spotify. But yeah, or Spotify. Actually, that's a good point. We are on Spotify too. Anyway. That's all from me. Oh, and join the league if you haven't. The league code is in the description. Hell yeah. Join that league, baby. Yeah. All right, we'll be back in two weeks' time. Everybody, enjoy your lives and we'll speak soon. (laughs) Bye. Goodbye. Maybe this bit will make the edit if Dan doesn't cut my audio off.